Tapping the Keg episode 405. Welcome in. Charlie and Mitch here hanging out. Half Thursday. Happy to be here. Mitch, how you doing? Good, good. Um, it's it's where we're we're in a, a actually a good time for sports right now. Um, and it's uh, the weather's turning and it's starting to feel like uh, like March really quick. And um, I'm really excited to have a a March coming up here, um, an actual March, if you will. Last year was kind of uh, <laughs> we got like one week of March and everything was great, and then all of a sudden, boom. And COVID. Uh, COVID hits and our lives changed. So hopefully um, we sort of have <clears throat> the opposite type of type of month, maybe where things get even more back to normal, but yeah. we're not quite there yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, um, you know, news keeps, you know, heading in the right direction and we keep seeing good things and we keep, you know, being encouraged by the news. I, you know, I think that, some of it needs to be better addressed and needs there needs to be a little more work done there, but that's okay. Um, you know, I, th- I, hopefully we'll get there and, and we'll start sort of getting back to normal because I think, it, I think we should be ready. Hopefully not a lot of people are scared and hopefully, you know, if you get the opportunity for the vaccine, man, take it. Like, that's what I would, I would offer to you. And my advice is just like, you get that opportunity, take it. Don't just, it's okay. Like you're not, you're not like, and we just should basically have as many people vaccinated as we possibly can. So the more the merrier, in my opinion. But that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Wisconsin sports world. Um, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic that you brought up in a group chat today about a double standard between the Bucks and the Green Bay Packers. We'll kind of talk through that. We'll set it up. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Bucks schedule. That's out for the second half of the season, kind of our reactions to it. Um, and then we will talk about the Brewers, some things that we're looking forward to, some things we're not. And then lastly, um, Packer cap stuff, if we have time. Um, if we don't make it, the Packers cap stuff will likely be a thing in, in a week. So I don't think we have anything to worry about that not being a thing next week as well. So let's uh, let's dive into it. So the Bucks double standard is a really interesting conversation, um, and basically how you set it up, and and maybe I should let you set it up, but basically that everybody's been really well, tough on the Bucks, and yeah, I'll let yeah. you take it from here. And you kind of started <laughs> out loud about where why people aren't this hard on the Packers in certain situations. So go ahead. The floor is yeah. I mean, it, it, it sort of was born from a uh, friend of the pod Murph um, doing his typical sort of, uh, we'll call it national media Murph um, act where he, it was like, oh, oh, wow, you beat the you know three worst teams in the league, which I don't disagree with, but then he goes into how Giannis, you know, hasn't hasn't done anything and this that and the other thing and he can't make free throws and it's like dude like that one that one just that one got to me because it's like he is he actually is hitting free throws that's why he's scoring 35 plus points a game the last few weeks seems like I mean he's on a freaking roll right now and um he's coming for that MVP ass a little bit and um 
so anyway, so yeah, so Murph is, he just has this like, and I don't, he's not alone necessarily. I don't, I hate to single him out, but there's this sort of like, who cares about the regular season? You know, talk to me when they win the title, blah, blah, blah. And, and maybe that's, that's just an NBA thing where it's just, that's, that's the way things are more in that league. And, and it's just like, it kind of was to me this morning when we were having this conversation, it was like, when are we going to not care about the Packers regular season? I mean, when, when, when does that not matter? And I understand that there's, they play 16 games as opposed to 72 or 82, whatever, whatever we decide to play in the NBA on a given year. I understand that each regular season game is more impactful, but it's like the Packers have choked more than the Bucks. Like people forget that. And the Bucks have basically had two shots at this thing. And yes, they have failed miserably, but you know, the Packers have lost four straight NFC title games. I believe it is. It might be more than that now. Four, um, four, yeah. four straight. And it's like, you've had, okay, maybe not the best quarterback in the league, but top two. And uh, by many people, he's number one. And, you know, there's just a, the kind of a double standard. And I understand that the Packers are always going to be king and the Packers could be, could win two games for the next 10 years and they will be more popular than the Bucks could win the next 10 titles. And the Packers would still be more popular than the Bucks. So that, that is a lot, a large part of it, but it's like, I, I just had to ask the question, like, when is it, when are we going to like sort of ask the question of, of the, of the Packers or Packers fans or Packers culture? Like oh. when does, when does their regular season not, not matter? Like when can we be flippant about the Packers regular season and say, say more like talk to me when the Packers get to the Super Bowl again. I feel like, so I, I hear you. I, I do think that it's an interesting, you know, contention and it is a weird way. Like I think we don't, because it's such a long season. So the inverse, I don't think we really take the Brewers regular season that seriously. Right. Like, or where we just are like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. Like if they win a bunch of games, great. If they don't, not not a huge deal either. But with the Packers, because every game matters and every game is important, there is this sort of intense belief that Green Bay has that every game is a playoff game in a way. Because if you start out 0-3, or if you have a five-game losing streak, let's just put it into what happened with the Bucs, you have a five-game losing streak in the, in the NFL, and it's over. I mean, you're not really coming back from that. You're not going to make the playoffs if you lose five straight games. But to your point about that, should Packer fans be happy with division titles? You know, yeah, in a sense, because it's hard to win those. You know, Aaron Nagler has the entitled town is a thing that he likes to say because he's an old guy and wants to be cool and say, I remember (laughs) the 80s. I remember what that shit was like. Like, yeah, it's cool, but, but like, it's, it's where, how we grew up. Like we've grown up as winners, but you're right. If we come out of this Aaron Rodgers thing with only one title, you're, you're going to look at it and say, you had two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And you have two NFL titles. Yes. Is that more than probably the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions? Sure. But should you have at least had one or two more? Absolutely. And I do think that the tide will turn if the Packers were to get a number one seed for a second straight year 
And for a second straight year, they would fall on their face. I do agree with you that the Bucks are being held to a higher standard. And on top of that, no one is factoring in this weird fucking bubble that by all accounts, teams didn't really like it. Certain teams just did not vibe with the bubble. And I would yeah. say that the Bucks were not one of them. Chris Haynes talked about it with Bill Simmons on his show last week saying the Clippers despise the bubble. That the so much that was wrong with the Clippers were because they just didn't like the bubble. Now, I think you have to be mentally tough and whatever, but still, I, I'm good. I mean, why? I guess I'll, I'll put this back to you and I'll ask the people like, why don't the Bucks get a fucking break for the bubble? Like, Aaron Rodgers has gotten breaks for like having a bunch of injuries. Oh, they've had so many injuries. Like, what, what, where is that for the Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I wonder that myself. It's like, you know, and I really hate to make excuses because it's pretty it's pretty convenient for the Clippers to to say they hated the bubble and yeah. but like, you know, when you're saying that to me, it's like you know Miami was a team that was perfect for the bubble. Yeah, I mean they they just seemed like the team that was well, first of all they they were built to stop Giannis, no question, but also I mean just no fans. So Jimmy Butler can actually shoot then. And, yeah. um, and frankly, Jay Crowder has become an elite three point shooter all of a sudden. And Iguodala was hitting a few threes. The guy can't shoot either. And, and just sort of their, 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 they were a team that was, that is mentally tough. I think if anything, oh, yeah. that's sort of their, sort of their calling card. Um, right. And they were certainly made for it. And, and, you know, yeah, there were, there were a lot of teams. I bet you most teams didn't really want to do it, you know, but like a lot of things that have happened since COVID, we are, we are doing things for money and that's okay. That's just the way it is. And yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I like, I just, I really hate to make excuses, but I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not fair. I mean, the bubble situation was not, you know, the, you know, the Packers have had, the NFL was essentially normal. I know that we didn't have fans at Lambeau until what the playoffs, right? Yeah. Playoffs. Uh, yeah. So, there was there were a few before that, but yeah, full fans playoffs. Right, or you know, six thousand or whatever it was out of a capacity of eighty-five or whatever. But um, it felt full. But I mean, they're just—it was kind of a normal NFL season, you know. Yeah, I mean, they—they um, they did not—they did not take a break. Like everybody, the doom and gloomers, no. like whole takes from August of the, of this year of last year. No one thought we were getting through an NFL season on time. No one, not a fucking mm-hmm. soul. And we did, and there was no issues. And you know, there's been cases made that these NFL stadiums. Oh, but Charlie, they had to, they had to play games on Wednesday. That is just that is just horrible. Yeah, I know, and it's it's crazy, right? Like, I, but I do want to go back to that excuses part because, like, Packer fans make excuses all the time. I mean, I've done it. Like, I'm not perfect. Like, look, oh yeah, it's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers didn't have that good of a secondary. Oh, Aaron Rodgers has had terrible defense. Oh, if mm-hmm. Julia, if uh, Morgan Burnett doesn't go down, um, you know. It's like if yeah. Brandon Bostic doesn't doesn't yeah. jump up and try to try to catch an onside kick. And look, yeah, some of is. them some of them are fucking legit, and some of them are not. And 
so I'll, I'll give Murph a little credit here. You know, I remember still to this day, two years ago, when they're in double overtime with the Raptors and Murph's like, they got to win this game or this series is going to change. And he was yeah. so right. And, and you can, I wouldn't say an excuse, but you're like, if the Bucks win that game, they probably win the fucking title. And we're not even having this discussion. But you know what would even be more infuriating, Mitch? And I've thought about this with the Brewers, and I'll mention how it could be like this for the Brewers too. I almost don't want – I'm almost glad they didn't win a title because you know what every motherfucker would say? Well, Durant got hurt. <laughs> Fuck off. It doesn't matter. But that's yeah. what people would say. And then if the Brewers oh, yeah. got, to the, got to the World Series the year the Astros cheated – all these sad sack Brewer fans would be like, oh, well, huh, the Astros cheated. They cheated their way to the title. Brewers weren't that good. They were good. But that Astros team was dominant, even without cheating. So it made it worse almost because they were that good. So, like, yeah. I, I just think that we are in a society in sports where everything is picked apart. Like I said yesterday, and I know you made an MVP comment, I said yesterday on Daily Tap, I'm kind of done having MVP talks for at least a few weeks. And I also, I did a topic on Monday, not to say that I, we were ahead of it, Mitch, but like I was, I got out there on Monday and was like, look, Giannis is playing like an MVP. He's not going to win it. We can be okay with that, but it's going to be so annoying to hear Bucks fans talk about it because, and I know it's going to drive content. And I know it's good for business, but like you guys got to, no one wins three MVPs in a row. It's okay. Like, yeah. Jordan didn't even do it like and look I, I I was looking at PER today and wind shares because I was looking up some Zion stuff for another friend of ours who has this hilarious he's on the island of I hate Zion like it's such a zag it's great and I, I love it <laughs> um, but I was I was looking up because like Zion actually has had a really good year his PER is like top 10 his wind shares are, are top 10 top 5 in offense and I I was like, all right, but I think the Bucks are under such a microscope, and maybe, maybe that's where it, where the the final sort of straw of this is, is like everybody is keeping such a close eye on the Bucks right now because of what happened, and the expectations are so high, and we are treating now to bring this full circle. I will hear your opinion. We're treating every Bucks game like it's a Sunday for the Packers. Instead of being like, oh, this is a full season and every game is a Sunday of the Packers and it elicits a reaction when really maybe we should just see how every week goes or every five games goes. But instead, we're packaging every game as it's like a Packer Sunday. Yeah, that, that could be. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of look at it more like, OK, um, how does the, how does the team look, first of all? And in that five game skid, you know, the team looked terrible. Right. Um, that was that was not regardless of Drew Holiday playing or not. And and that's a big loss. But I mean, there just was bad vibes the entire yeah, the entire no, stretch. Well, I mean was, I mean, yes, yes. No, the the no Toronto the Toronto the two games against Toronto were pathetic. Yeah. And and it's it, that was embarrassing. And yeah. um Really, the Phoenix game, you could have, could have slash should have won. Um, 
OKC again. You know, the, I don't know. I, I don't really want to go back back down. We don't have to go back. Streak. I'll just. We've, I'll just. We've, I, we, we've moved on. I'll, but, I will just. I will um, just say this really quick. The OKC game should just. You should just use that day to rest Giannis and Chris, and that's the thing I don't get. Why didn't you just give Giannis and Chris that day off, schedule a loss, and then come back Tuesday and kick the Raptors' ass? Because they were still kind of fatigued and then they were like well what the fuck we were supposed to win and I think they were just flat when they were like well we gotta play Toronto again I don't want to do this and so I do think that New Orleans is a big test for them tonight I know New Orleans isn't that good offensively they've been awesome but like beating New Orleans and the Clippers I think would go a long way now do the Clippers game matter quote unquote not really but from an optics, optics perspective, it does because it's going to be treated like a Packer game. So if they lose, people are going to be like, all right, they only beat bad teams. They're, they're a good, bad team, whatever. But if they win, everybody's going to be like, all right, here come the box. And it's, it's kind of unfair, but that's how people are doing it here locally, fans and media. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be a bigger game nationally as well. I mean, it's on yeah. ABC. So you know, I guess you'd like to think that uh, the Talking Head shows on the Four Letter Network would be spending a lot of time on that game um, with no NFL anymore. On, but I, I don't know. I mean, we have to see about that. But I think that yes, that would be a game where okay, the Clippers are playing pretty well overall, yeah. um, and and the uh, you know they're shooting really well, and it would be you know Giannis taking out Kawhi. Um, which he's done in the in the regular season recently, but um, it, that that would be certainly a, a national media talking point. And I mean that 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 that's that's a big game. That that's your big test because they really don't have a ton of a ton of signature wins, so to speak, yet. Um, and I, we can maybe go into the schedule that has been announced, but there will be plenty of opportunities coming up um, in the second half of the season for the Bucks to first of all get on track and get and get going, but taking on a lot of teams that they're probably going to have to have to plow through in the playoffs. And um, we, we will know a lot more. I, that, that second half of the schedule is, is, uh, it's a gauntlet, but it is for everybody. I mean, everybody's got to play a lot of games and like a lot of teams are playing 38, 40 games in like 60 days. I mean, it's, that's crazy. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, and, and- and I think you're, I, I didn't really think about like that signature win, but you're right. Like they do kind of lack that right now. Like if you were like, they were an NCAA tournament team, you'd be like, where is their quad one win? Like, what is their big win? Is it, it yeah, you look at it. It's, it's like, is it the one win you had against Toronto? I mean, that Portland win looks really good now because Portland's been much better. The Denver win yeah. looks all right, but you're right. There, there hasn't really been that win. The my, I guess the Miami win, but even though Miami's not that good, I know they're they're rolling right now and they're beating the Raptors tonight. So they they might be on to their fourth straight win. So they've kind of figured it out. But yeah, there isn't that sort of signature win. And if you beat the the Pelicans and the Clippers this weekend, both nationally televised. I think you're going to start seeing the momentum shift towards the Bucks, And then yeah, you have Denver, the following. That, that would be huge wins. I mean, you know, certainly the Clippers, but that I, I just, I, I need to see a little bit more and I'm going to be, 
I'm going to probably be, I won't say a rack on Sunday, but I just, I'm going to really want that win. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I think I do. I will remind you that day game Giannis is never as good as night, nighttime Giannis because he doesn't get his naps. So that's, yeah. we do have to factor that in. But um, yeah, just a friend, true. friendly reminder. Um, but he's had some, he did have that big game against uh, Philly. They lost that game, but what he had 50, they had 51 that night against Embiid. Where he just yeah, I remember that, that game was unbelievable. Um, they lost, yeah. but that was that was an awesome game. Giannis, I think, called Ben Simmons a big fucking baby during that, which was great. Yep, that was that game. That was that was yeah, that was the that was the memorable moment from that game for sure. Oh, I think it was St. Patrick's Day actually. If I'm think if I'm remembering correctly, but anyways, yeah, it could be. They they actually wore green at home, which I need. <laughs> Like I need oxygen to breathe, but <laughs> so yeah, as you mentioned though, the Bucks do have you know some tough, tough things. You know they have to play Philadelphia three times, and they have two back to backs with Philadelphia, which includes a sneaky Saturday afternoon game on the mothership. I absolutely yeah. love that. I will be at a bar drunk off my ass for that one. That's that's perfect. Like, give me that all the time. I, I love that. Um, that's, that's definitely a good one. They also have to do two with Brooklyn, which sucks. I mean, so they're going to have these like three mini playoff series throughout the, yeah. throughout the, the second half, their first ones against Boston. Now Boston is a bigger mess than a reality TV star right now, but, and they're losing again tonight. They're going to have the same record oh, as getting- the Knicks. And, but still Boston at Boston's a good team. And so you, when you have to face Boston twice, like that's not a, that's not a slouch. And then they got to go out West. They got to play the two LA teams. They got to, you know, and go to golden state and golden state at that point will be fighting. It sucks that they can't like get a, some time off and come home and they got to play fucking Dallas too. Like that's the one that pisses me off, Mitch, and that schedule I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, LA, LA, Portland, Sacramento, and Golden State. It's like, huh, you got to schedule a Dallas game in the middle. Like, that's the one where I'll wonder if Bud kind of learned his lesson and say, all right, Giannis, Chris, like, take the night off. Like, I know it's Giannis Luca. We all get excited about it. Fuck him. Or just tell him, like, hey, against Charlotte the next night, you guys have the night off. Because one of those if games. They win, if they win, I'd probably take two wins in that road trip. I would like I I think it would be three and three, but let's not do the three and three where we lose the win the first three. And well, I'll, I'll ask. Okay, so let's say, let me ask you this: If the Bucks win the first three like they did, literally the exact same way we saw the last West Coast road trip, and they beat both Los Angeles teams and Portland again, would you qualify that as a good road trip? And then that means they lose to Sacramento, lose to Golden State, and lose to Dallas. I mean that's a really hard question because I, <laughs> I, I think if I think if you take I think you take the Clippers and Lakers wins and you, you run with them I mean that would be a good trip uh, that uh, you know I would have a different tune maybe on April 9th but I mean remember this like I think if because okay at Clippers at Lakers I give the Bucks at this point a 10% chance of winning either of those games at this moment Portland's right. going to be pissed I mean you beat them by a thousand points. They're they're gonna they're gonna want some revenge. 
Sacramento, okay, probably win that game, you'd think. And Golden State, you also beat them by a thousand points on Christmas Day. Um, you know, they may even have some fan. Ah, maybe not California. I don't know, but you know, and then of course, you know, you finish up at Dallas, which they're starting to play a little better. So yeah, um, yeah, there, yeah, there that's, is some. That's brutal. It it's going to be tough. I do think if you want like the bright spot. You seemingly play a lot of the Southeast. Like you play Washington a couple of times. You play Atlanta. You play Charlotte. You play Orlando. I know they lost to Charlotte, but I think everybody kind of the secrets out that Charlotte's good and that you're not taking Charlotte lightly. Now they just lost Gordon Hayward yeah. maybe again with a hand injury, but I think everybody's taking Charlotte seriously. I mean, that New York loss Bucks had at the beginning of the season, I think everybody now is like, all right, New York actually – kind of good like they're not bad um and i was it was it's kind of weird i don't know if this is it's just me because i've thought about them a lot because they're one of my favorite kind of teams this year from a uh, wagering perspective but the bulls the bucks don't play till like april 30th and they play them at the end of the year but it's like they've barely played the bulls this year it's just it feels weird like it feels like every month in the NBA season, it seems like we get a Bulls Bucks matchup, and we haven't got one since, early, like January, uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, um, are they only playing the Bulls three times this year? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of own the Bulls, even though they are frisky. They're good. Um, in I, I mean, the Bulls, the Bulls aren't bad. Like I know people, are, you know, they're not like great, but like people will shit on that the East thing about the east is the east is the really the problem with the east is not necessarily the back end of the east it's the middle and the like bottom so like the calves the magic the wizards i know with both wizards and magic playing a little better but still um and then like that middle like the pacers the celtics the raptors like like they should be better but you kind of that middle part with New York and Chicago and Charlotte, like all those teams are pretty good. Like they're all teams that you don't really want to play right now. And people act like this East is trash. And it's like, I don't know. Lakers just lost three straight to the East. I, you know, who knows, right? Like, or, you know, where that's, I wrote about it like the other day. I was like, it kind of made me feel good. Cause I was like, all right. Like everybody kind of goes through this stuff. I realize the Lakers have more of a pass because they've won. They won the title last year. They don't have Anthony Davis. They don't have Dennis Schroeder. But this weird LeBron thing, where he's like wanting to prove everybody wrong in year fucking eighteen. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't think that's gonna pay off for him come come June when he's there in the playoffs. And maybe I'm wrong because LeBron's superhuman. But at some point you're gonna run out of gas. And I I you know. Hopefully that does doesn't happen. I think you want to see a Giannis LeBron if you get the chance, but who knows? Well, I think I think it's probably pretty legit that you know if Anthony Davis missed a significant time and he has you know a soft tissue injury, I mean it could linger, and then you have a, a worn down LeBron carrying freaking you know Wes Matthews corpse up and down the court. Yeah, you know uh, for another. 50 games um it may show up you know around the western conference finals or something i mean as we alluded to i mean it's a gauntlet of a schedule for most teams 
I don't think the Lakers have had a ton of games postponed. It's only really, it's only really like five teams that are truly affected by yeah, COVID. And some of, you know, and some of that was weather related, right? With San, San Antonio was a combination. It was COVID and then the weather, you know, stuff that happened in yeah. Texas. And then Houston got Houston, a little bit. Yeah, they lost a game or two, and so did Dallas. All the Texas teams basically right. had a game postponed because of weather, which to me is interesting. I was wondering if, you know, if this wasn't a COVID year where they were sort of expecting postponements, would they postpone a game in a normal year for weather? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've they've done that. They've they've had, yeah. they've postponed for like really large snowstorms in the Northeast and in the Midwest. And if it's like unbearably bad, they'll postpone. I mean, I do remember there was like a really significant snowstorm, and somehow, some way, Marquette was playing that night, even though like it was like just buried, like we were covered. So it, it takes like a monumental weather event, and that. What happened in Texas a couple of weeks ago was I constitutes as as yeah. monumental. I mean, so but yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Brooklyn can keep this up with or without Durant. He's missing another game with a hamstring injury. Um and and we'll see. And it's gonna be a sprint. And I think, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of physical toughness needed and i think there's going to be some mental toughness in there as well and i think if you keep adding oh god i'll say one more thing about the east real quick i just the the reason people pick on it is because there's there's so many teams that are under 500 yeah um but they're all barely under 500 and i think also too like the national media probably can't handle the celtics being being so underwhelming right now they just their brain does not it, it it doesn't work that way so I think that so many people were expecting them to be like a top four seed at, at, at worst. And they're, they're really not playing very well. So I think that that sort of, that hurts the, the perception of the Eastern conference, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, so it's just, of course the West continues to look, come out smelling like roses. By the way, real quick, who did you see the line tonight? We're taping this Wednesday night. Did you see the line tonight for Lakers jazz? Um, I did not, but I'm going to guess the Jazz are probably like eight-point favorites. Yeah, they're nine-point favorites. Right. It's wild. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, jazz at home, though. I mean, Lakers have looked like booty. Jazz are rolling. It's just – I'm not that surprised. I mean, yeah. When do we call the Jazz – what do we call the Jazz? Do we call the Jazz the Mountain? Bucks? Do we call them Bucks Mountain? Do we call them the Mountain West Bucks? The Bucks of the Northwest? What what nickname should we give Utah? Because that's they're really just pulling a box from the last two years. Like I've like I've seen this story. I'm watching it. You know, it's like I yeah. This no, is it's, it's the exact. It is the exact thing. It's it's you know, well the Jazz don't have the number one offense and number one defense, but they're top five in both. Yeah. Um, three point shooting is off the charts. Yeah. Um, they don't have, I guess, the MVP caliber player. No. But they're just a, a an absolute, you know, unit with with everyone, and they have very few flaws. But at the same time, much like the Bucks, it's it's, you know, again, 
double standard with the Lakers, Clippers, and then the Jazz. You know, the Clippers still haven't won anything, but they have Kawhi, so they have the ultimate, you know, trump card. And the Lakers obviously are going to have the benefit of the doubt as well. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz, you know, they don't have the experience. They choked last year. I mean, it's it's it yeah, is very is, similar. I mean, is Donovan Mitchell a closer? Is he not? You know, is can you play Gobert in the playoffs? Can you not? I mean, there are a lot of similarities. Um, It'll be very interesting. And real quick, uh, your take on why you hate all-star, the all-star NBA talk, just, you know, I got two, two main things. One is who cares? Yeah. Two, it's just an all-star game. Um, The only, the only people that care, Charlie, are the people are the players that get all-star incentives Yes, and you know, their agents um, that, that can negotiate at contract time that this guy was an all-star in yep. 2021. And two, it, it, it's just like, I think it started when I was watching um, the TNT pregame show when they announced the reserves. Yeah. And all it is, is, is it's just, it's just a half an hour of Shaq, Dwayne Wade and Candace Parker talking to each other about who should have made the all-star team. And it's like not one mention of who you're going to take out. It's just how can Devin Booker not be an all-star? How can so-and-so not be an all-star? Yeah. And and all this this hand-wringing for Devin Booker and he made it today. Like they replaced Anthony Davis with him. So it's like, why are you bitching? And like, I don't know. I looked at the stuff. I looked at the guys Chris Middleton was going up against for the reserves Mm -hmm. I don't think he deserved it. Like I love Chris Middleton. I, you know, Celtics suck, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are having better years than Chris Middleton. Sorry. Yeah. Like Zach yeah, Levine's are. been excellent. Uh, Julius Randle has been a lightning rod for the Knicks. Like mm-hmm. it's not much you can do. It happens. Yeah. And the Bucks. I mean, Vucevic, you could maybe make a case uh, that Chris could have made it over him. Um. But they need another, need another big man though. Like you can't, like I don't know. You, I think they need, even though they do positionless. I think you need to have, kind of fill it out like center and have like at least a little bit semblance of one more big man. You can't just have Giannis. We can't have Giannis playing, fucking forty minutes a game for, uh, in the all. We would not want that. No, I think for team for team team LeBron. I don't even know if I could root for Giannis if he played for LeBron. In the all-star game. I, I hope Giannis gets selected by KD. I'm going to be kind of mad if Giannis doesn't because he loves KD. Like, there's such a respect there. And um, and uh, last, last, last thing. Uh, Giannis kind of saying reaching out to Carl to Anthony Towns. First of all, class move. Going to just say that. But second of all, just planting some seeds a little bit. Just kind of saying, hey – Remember who was there for you? Just thinking. I don't know if I want Anthony Towns, but I don't know. A yeah. souped up version of Brooke Lopez. He'd have to get tougher. But uh, yeah, I mean Carl Towns. Okay, he is. <laughs> he is so. He is an unbelievable offensive player. He yeah. really is. Like, yeah. like we don't really get to appreciate it here because we don't get to watch him very much and they're obviously never on TV. No. And, but, and he's always hurt all the time. Yep. But like when that dude is playing and, and he's, he's good to go and, and not really banged up at all. He is, 
is is fairly unstoppable on offense. But the problem is the defensive end is is so bad. There's just he he's not he's not he's not quick enough to move laterally and he can't jump. So how do you stop people in the NBA? You're yeah. not a rim protector. I mean, he, 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 maybe you could maybe try to cover that up with the honest, but I think that would be a hell of a coaching, you know? Yeah. Task. You would have to, you'd have to get Carl to have some buy-in defensively. I mean, that's your problem with Zion. Like for people who want to make like the Zion argument about why Zion might not be that good. It's because the guy barely rebounds and he doesn't do anything defensively. Now Towns, Towns yeah. does rebound. I mean, he does, but I think that sometimes he's just a big dude and it's like, Oh, look, a basketball. Yeah. Um, so right. I don't know how much skill that really is, but yeah, just a thought little Giannis. Giannis is not a bad campaigner. I think he does well. We spent far too long on the bucks. Um, that's okay though. Nothing wrong with that. Bucks are in season. We should do that. Who will be in season soon enough will be the Milwaukee Brewers. First spring training game on Sunday afternoon. Get excited for that. Um, but the Brewers, obviously, media, hype train, all this stuff's happening. I don't know. Do you watch, How much spring training do you watch? Like maybe less than five uh, innings? Throughout the whole spring? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it depends. Like, so the games, actually for me with my schedule, that should work out pretty well to be able to watch afternoon spring training games. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, I may work, watch quite a few working at home. Now that I think about this working at home, like, and I'm like, Oh, I can turn on, I can just turn on the brewer games. Like, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, know, I, and, and they are doing, aren't they doing shorter spring training games too? Are they? I mean, they or could that. Be. I feel like I heard that. I, I maybe, I don't know if it was, maybe somebody suggested it. I don't, but I thought, you know, I, that would make sense to me in, mm-hmm. in, in COVID to maybe play like seven inning games, have camp be a little smaller. You know, you, you don't need your your uh, number 75, Newt Shaw, <laughs> coming in to play second second base in the eighth inning, you know, um, and get one, one at bat for spring and then they cut him, you know. You, you, not to interrupt myself, but do you know who Newt Shaw is? Does that make no, sense? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen the Big Green, the soccer movie? Disney yeah. Movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. What, That's what a what yeah, a pull. Kid. Yeah. What a pull. What a fucking. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of mad you explained the joke. You should have just went. You should have just gone and told me later. But um, <laughs> that that's good. That's a good pull, man. But yeah, no, you're right. Like it's. It's not necessarily spring training is just kind of it's there. Uh, you try really hard not to overreact because you you get a lot of news, and so it's like yeah, we've went through it. Like Brock Holt is or not Brock Holt? Uh, shit, what was his name? Brooks Conrad. Remember how much Brooks Conrad was just tearing up spring training, and everybody was like, Brooks Conrad's gonna have this great year, and everybody's getting all excited. He started over thirty two and got DFA. So, yeah you gotta you gotta be careful spring training but as we go on like what is the what's the thing you're kind of looking forward to watching the most whether it's spring training or when the regular season does start on april 1st like what's that one thing that you're like god this is going to be good to have back uh well besides baseball in general i mean i i guess i'm most interested to see keston here at first yeah and if that 
and if that, you know, what that looks like, how he handles it. I mean, luckily they have pretty solid defensive infield. So I'm not, I don't have any glaring concerns about a lack of a catch radius, if you will, for Keston Hira being five, seven or whatever he is. <laughs> no, I don't think he's that short, but he's definitely not six feet. Right. And no. um, that's certainly going to be, I guess, exciting to watch at first and, 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 you know, Christian Yelich returning to, to himself. I mean, I mean, the 2020 baseball season, if there's ever an asterisk for a sport, it's probably for that. So sorry, I'm Dodgers, your world series does, does not count. I, I've, um, I've got, I've kind of gotten on board with you on the more that I keep reading about different commentary about like not having the video in the clubhouse and, you know, like Omar Nervaez had a bunch of comments this week where he's like, yeah, it just got away from me. And I wasn't really able to recover. And I, and I'm not even by, he said no excuses, but like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And yeah. I'm start. the more I've started to hear from guys, the more I'm like, we should just throw 2020 out. It didn't, didn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, but, Chris, a guy like Christian Yelich or, you know, how many, how many former MVPs did not have very good years? Chris yeah. Bryant was not very good. No. And it's just one of those things where, you know, in a normal season, you know, 60 games is a third of the way. And, you know, what's the difference between a great player and a good baseball player? The great ones can get, just get absolutely scorching hot for long stretches. And if, yeah, it just gets away from you, you know, so you get Christian Yelich hitting 201 or whatever for an, for 60 games where you give him 60 more games, he might be able to raise that to 270 or something, yeah. you know, where right. he just, you know, he just goes off. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to having, I guess, going into a full season, as far as we know. I mean, yeah, I'm, and, I, I, and I am, all things go, go well. I, I'm excited for that. I think that's, that's, those are all good answers. Like, I, I think it's just the excitement of knowing that we're not just playing our division this year and we'll be playing other teams and there won't be such a, like, all right, we just got to play the Reds again. Cause I think you kind of got, even though it was, you kind of washed everything because it was only two months, really, or was it three months. Um, and you, you, so you didn't really burn yourself out of baseball. You were just happy to have it back because it was so weird to like be in June, like on a random Sunday and be like, all I have is golf on. And like, I like golf, you know, that, but like, it's like, we, I can't be flipping between golf and the Brewers. Like that's, that's my Sunday tradition as I nurse a hangover. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. what I do. So I couldn't do that. And it was weird, but I, I think that, yeah, having that back, I think Yelich, I, Yelich was going to be my answer, but so I'll switch it and just say having a good defense, having Lorenzo Kane back is just fantastic. And Colton Wong up the middle. I think, you know, they have built themselves to have, they have a good pitching staff and with that good pitching staff, they have added a good defense behind it. And that's really all I can ask for. And they yeah. weren't, they weren't ignorant about it. You, and I know there are some David Stearns haters out there, but they've built a team that is for what they have on their roster. And now them looking at Jackie Bradley Jr. Like, I don't know what they would do in that situation. I have no idea how that would work and how they could even sell that to JBJ, <laughs> but fuck it another guy who can play a really good defense and 
not a bad hitter, a guy you could be could insert right in there in the sixth or seventh spot yeah. in your lineup when you need to. Well, first of all, yeah, Lorenzo Kane smiling face back was going to be great, but also, um, Jackie Bradley would, I think it would be your fourth outfielder, but I think he would play a ton. Yeah. And, and that's, and that might be what they're selling him is they're saying, look, dude, like the way council does it, my dad calls council the alchemist. Like he just thinks he's such a scientist where he just figures out different combinations. And I know it drives Brewer fans crazy, but you know, they might tell him like, look, you are going to technically be the fourth outfield, but you're going to play 140 games. And, and yeah. you know, seven seventh inning and on we'll probably have you out there for avi garcia we trust your bat we think your bat's good enough and you'll play more defense you know in the late stages but yeah i yeah i applaud i would imagine that he would he would play you know at this point lorenzo kane you'd think is you know maybe 120 games 130 games yeah and lorenzo kane has said it as much like he's like he said, like, I need to take a break here. I can't play as much as I used to. Yeah, I, I think Bradley Jr. would get – you would think he'd get, you know, 80 starts maybe, you know, between, sure, you know, 40 or 50 maybe for Lorenzo Cain. You know, again, assuming all the games are played and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. But, you know, we get 162. Um you know, he might, he, and, you know, the occasional day off for Yelich, even though people will lose their minds. Yep. And, you know, I would love to know about the DH. It doesn't seem like we're getting one in the NL um, at, at the moment, which is, is horrible, but. Tough um, for our guy, double cheese. Yeah. Yeah. He could be, he could be on his way out. Um, we'll see. It, it's probably going to come down to him or him or Shaw, I guess, but. You know, Shaw plays that third base, which, in my opinion, is still a glaring need. Yeah. Unless they trade Orlando Arcia, which is a couple years overdue. <laughs> um, and we get Weicho in there at shortstop, like the good Lord intended. And Craig Council even kind of said as much, you know, without saying, you know, he definitely said we want to get a look at uh, at Urias at uh, shortstop because we traded for him. So at some point, you know, we have to we have to get that accomplished tough when you have Orlando Arcia kind of in his way um but however he probably doesn't have any trade value because he's not that good so it's kind of a kind of a tough spot but I don't know maybe Arcia won't make the team that would be crazy wouldn't it yeah I I do think though that's kind of calculated by council because he knows that Arcia plays with you know when he has like a fire under his ass and like he he knows his back's against the wall. He always seems to like rake. So I think Council is just doing that to tell him he's right, and they they are right to look into it. But I think he's telling him like, hey, look, you get hot this this spring, you know, maybe we can flip him for a third baseman and like look into it. You know, they decided not to get Todd Frazier any money. He's now with the Pirates. Um, there's not really that many guys available, and so. I think when it goes to what you're kind of not looking forward to is that sort of talk about who is that third baseman going to be. And I, my, I'm not really there yet with Shaw. I know Shaw rubbed people the wrong way. I will contend it's a minor league deal. There is nothing wrong with giving a guy a shot with a minor league deal. 
there's a really good piece written by fan graphs talking about how he fucked up his launch angle that he was not a launch angle guy tried to become a launch angle guy and it completely screwed him up so it's a complete no cost to the brewers to see what travis shaw has for the first 15 days in march but I know it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they they wanted Justin Turner. They wanted another third base option. And I don't have a problem taking a lottery ticket on Shaw. I know you don't. No, not really. I don't really like Travis Shaw, but I think it's perfectly fine to just, you know, give him a look. I mean, bring him back. I, I, I'm surprised it happened. Just I think the way it yeah. seemed to have ended, ended with him where we thought, you know, he – I don't remember exactly what was said, but no, there but it seemed like definitely some. Yeah, it definitely seemed like there was some vitriol. I feel like probably more so on his end. I think that he he felt like he was not given necessarily a fair shake, or or whatever. Even I mean, I don't know. I think that last weird was just, or that last year was really weird for him, and um, you know, he found that the grass wasn't necessarily greener uh, in Toronto, and um. He, the, the the two sides probably needed each other. Right. The Brewers, you know, they 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 are you know, a I'm trying to think they have a, you know, defensively they are, it probably doesn't matter because of all the shifting they do, I mean and stuff like that. But it doesn't probably doesn't matter who your everyday third baseman is. Um, but I don't really want to have two shortstops on the left side of the infield. Nah. Per se, no. I, 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 you just there's not enough power from if you have Urias and um, Arcia, there's just not enough power out of those guys. No, there, there really isn't. I think, I think the thing for me, I'm not looking forward to is if Urias and uh, Eric Lauer are not good again, and Trent Grisham continues to have a really good season, that we just yeah. continue to get reminded about it, and it's like, all right. I I just think the Brewers, like, I don't know. I think the Trent Gresham thing was weird. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was yeah. driven. I That's what I've said. I've said this now for about a, a year. I've told people this where, and it goes to a comment you said about Trevor, that Trevor Bauer had. You said it on this podcast about how Trevor Bauer, the, his teammates were like, oh, yeah, man, it's okay. You threw a ball into center field, and the next day he got traded. And I feel like yeah. it same thing it was like all right cool Trent like yeah you cost this chance to go to the go to the division series but it's fine and then that national team goes on and you know they win did they win the world they lost the world series they won the world series they won the world series right that national they team. won it yeah they won yeah. It. so they go on and win the world series and so it's like all the you know the, all this angry texting to David Stern's like fuck this guy it's not for him like this could have been us and and they they worried about the chemistry. I'm convinced of this. Trent Grisham was a first round draft yeah. pick, and they kind of gave him up for nothing. And I don't know. Yeah, I I I I think that that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I think that that's that's uh that's probably it. It they probably went around the clubhouse, you know, secretively, um, pass pass notes around. <laughs> Uh, about, you know, do you think that you could, you know, can we just, do we just break it off with him and try to move forward, get what we, you know, try to get what we think is a haul for him. 
um, but they didn't really, you know, and, and it was, it was kind of weird. And, and also too, just thinking about the nationals winning the world series, Wisconsin sports teams, every time they lose in the playoffs, that team goes on to win the title. seems like. Yeah. I don't um, know. There's a, at some point there's like a good luck chalk sort of thing going on uh, with Wisconsin sports teams because it has happened fairly often, but we'll, uh, we'll continue to chug on Brewer talk as the, as the weeks get closer, weather gets nicer and look forward to that first game against the twins a uh, few Thursdays from now. We're probably what? So it's Thursday. We are less than 30 days to opening like four, day. Like four weeks, right? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. So yeah, we're about, yeah, we're about five weeks away from opening day. So the first, so that weekend we'll have opening day baseball. We'll have the final four. We'll have Easter. But who's coding, right? And we'll have WrestleMania. And I will get confirmed. Right. As a, and I will get confirmed as a Catholic. Not a big deal. Um, Chucky, born again. Yeah, not born again. Just confirmed. <laughs> um, I did hear though uh, through my Catholic source, aka my fiance. Um, that the Easter vigil is Saturday night of Easter. Ooh. So, and it's a long ass service apparently. So I don't know that. I can't even tough. tell you when Easter is that Easter is the holiday that changes every year. So yeah. Right. Or like, yeah. It's the, it's the fourth, no. the fourth of April. Um, that, okay. So it's, but like, it's kind of like the Alonzo morning gift. Cause it's like, man, I got to go to church on Saturday night. But then I don't have to go to church on Sunday. So it's, you know, a little give or take. But anyways, yeah. uh, that, that, was, that was our little sidetrack there before talking about the Green Bay Packers. And Packer fans right now, they're cooking. I mean, right now it's a weird time, right? If they're not a Bucks fan, if they're not a Brewers fan, likely they are. Maybe a Wisconsin Badger fan. That's probably the most likely. Badgers haven't been that good. Um, recently they can't beat a good team to save their soul. Um, Mm -hmm. but the fact is, is they're a little restless and I think they're restless because they kind of want to want their cake and eating it too. And I think we just have to get to an understanding about how the salary cap works and how just the Packers do it. And like, I don't understand how people can be Packer fans for years and years and years and not realize that this is what the Packers do. Like getting like Corey Lindsley, not coming back is the least shocking thing in the world. We've talked about it in this show. They don't yeah. bring back guys on a third trip around at, in at the offensive line position. The only one they have done that for the last 15 years has been David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari is going to be a Hall of Famer. And yeah, Bakhtiari has an ACL tear that might last into the season. I think if we get Bakhtiari back in October, I would. But it's, but Lindsley not coming back is not a shock because they have the replacements. You move Lucas Patrick to center. You put John Runyon at left guard. You put Jenkins at left tackle. And then you maybe bring back Lane Taylor or just sign a right guard. Right guards are pretty easy to find. They're like middle relievers. Like it's not hard to find a good right guard. 
and your right tackle is either Billy Turner or you draft that guy. And who knows? So it's like, I I just don't get. And then Aaron Jones, the idea is like, let's franchise tag Aaron Jones. But also Packer fans is like, well, let's sign J.J. Watt. Apparently they're in the final three for because J.J. Watt's making it like a fucking college commitment. So like, (laughs) do you understand that you cannot do everything? It is not possible. The cap took a step back. This is a different NFL offseason. This is not the NFL offseason we've seen for the last six or seven years. So to expect the Packers to get ready to drop a bag is just ridiculous. And I don't know if I'm just like, and I don't mean to sound arrogant, but if I'm too smart and I'm just kind of like, I'm smarter than everybody else, or it's just that people just, you know, they, I don't know, they can't get how the seller cap thing works. What do you, what do you say? Am I, am I being an arrogant well, prick here or is, do I have some ma- point? No, you're absolutely right. Cause my other, my other favorite one that I hear all the time is restructure this guy, restructure that oh, guy, yeah. <laughs> restructure this guy. Yeah. Restructure Aaron Rodgers. All you gotta do is restructure him. Like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even think people know it. I don't think the people who say that know what it means. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can do it, but it's like, it's probably easier said than done. You know, I mean, everybody gets their money at the end of the day, I suppose, but, right. you know, how much of that are you gonna do? And, um, you know, I've been operating under the assumption that Lindsley and Aaron Jones are both gone. Yeah. You know, for the most part. And if you're going to franchise Tag Aaron Jones, you might as well give him a, a multi-year contract, right? Yeah, like, that's. I don't know. That, I don't, does, does the tag count against the cap? Is it? Yeah, is, is it, it does. Whole, yeah, it does. So I mean, it's so Aaron. So let's say you you tag Aaron Jones, eleven mil for Aaron Jones for running back. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I saw the cap at. It's it's ridiculous. You would not do that. Right. So I mean, it's just. Yeah, you can't have everybody. And, you know, people are, like I said, people want to restructure Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's like, oh, if you do that, then you automatically free up. You know, you go from 20 million over the cap to 16 million under. And it's like, where do you like get these numbers for restructuring? I don't know. I mean, so there's not, a, there is a website. There's a website called overthecap.com where you can fuck around with a lot of different contracts and say, well, if you pull this down, what does that do for your cap space? Yes. The logical answer would be to the devil's advocate. People who'd be like, Charlie, fuck off. Here's what you do. You give Aaron Rodgers a new deal with less money this year. You convert a lot in the signing bonus. Same with Devontae Adams, same with Jair Alexander. And so you free up and you kick the can down the road. Now, wow. is this a, right. Is this a smart move? I, I'm, I'm on this. I went to the, that over the cap.com real quick while you were talking and Jason Sanders, the kicker got a, got $22 million. Oh, that's, I mean, it's good to be Jason Sanders. It's only, it's only seven and a half million guaranteed, but man, for a kicker, for a geeker. That's that just looked that just I'm sorry that just looked that's bad that's to me. way too much that is way too much for a kicker that's like paying a closer you know right it's like paying a running back yeah oh I, yeah I want to see Aaron Rodgers here yeah so 
so I, that's interesting. You said, Jason, I popped his name in. And so it's like, I, Jason Sanders deal, the way the dolphins structured it is they wasted an opportunity to create 2 million in cap space, which they hint, which hint, they don't plan to spend money this off season. That was from Omar Kelly a few days ago. So like that in a weird way is like a point of weirdly to bring it back to Packers. It's like, who knows what anybody's planning to do with this offseason? Like Chase Edmonds, who's the running back for the Arizona Cardinals, predicted that a lot of guys are going to take one-year deals for like five or six million dollars and prove it deals and say, all right, we're going to have one good year next year. Not only is it going to be fans are probably going to be in the stands, but you're going to get these fat fucking TV deals that are going to be maybe into the billions of dollars. Do you know where the cap is going to go next year? So if you, again, and I'm, I'm kind of arguing against myself here, Mitch, you could make the case like, yeah, the cap is just going to explode next year and it's going to, it's going to be fine. But there is that sense of unknown of like, all right. And with Aaron Jones, you drafted AJ Dillon for a reason. Okay. Yeah. You didn't waste the second round pick on AJ Dillon just to have him be a backup for two straight years. Like the whole plan was to have AJ Dillon start. And guess Wait, what? Did you just say that was a waste of a pick? I didn't. No, no, no. I said you didn't want to waste that pick. Right. Okay. Sorry to clarify there. No, no, no. 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 I <laughs> I I don't think AJ Dillon was a waste of a pick. I think he's gonna prove a lot of people wrong. And I think he's gonna have a massive year for the Packers next season. And they'll get they'll get Aaron Jones' replacement in the draft. And that's just gonna be what's gonna be. And like you gotta understand that this is how it works, and this is what the Packers do. They're a draft and develop team. And you, if you want to worry and say, "Well, my concern, Charlie, is the Packers are gonna take a step back next year," well, we thought they were gonna take a step back this year. We thought that they were gonna be not that great, and guess what? They were fantastic, and they were one of the best teams in football. So. <laughs> What's to say that can't happen again? Yeah, and my my other question, running back wise, is so you know, again, Aaron Jones probably gone, Jamal Williams probably gone. Um, you have AJ Dillon. You draft a running back. Do you maybe look at free agency for a guy to kind of bridge the gap for a few games? Yeah, the I, season, you know, one year deal. I mean, sort of phase him out. Right. Yeah, I I don't don't know know who that would be, but I'm just like, is that something that's maybe on your radar? Right. Absolutely. Looking at these potential flyers is going to matter. Now, the only problem with flyers is you play in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So you're asking a guy, say, hey, come up here and play in Green Bay for a year. They would rather, this is where places like Las Vegas, Miami, Los Angeles, Um, New York, even like they have those advantages where people are like, all right, I'll take a one year flyer because I get to live in a cool ass city. Green Bay is not a cool city. You just have the Oval Office, you have the Oval Office and Stadium View. That's it. I think you could, could, I think it grows on you. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I could look, 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 I don't mean to slander the good fine people of green Bay, as well as the pier shout out to the loose family. 
But I I could live in Green Bay. I'd be fully fine living in Green Bay. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying from a player taking a one-year deal, where would he and his family want to go? I don't think Green Bay is that is that destination. Right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what I would be thinking is LaShawn McCoy or, oh, God, you know, just, no, just an absolute – Just I'm talking geezers okay, that yeah. can just that, – that you don't feel bad about, you know. You might get a good game out of them, but after, you know, six or eight weeks, they might even be off the team. Just somebody to – just a body, a cheap body that well, knows what they're doing. I, I'll say that I'll, – I'll twist it a little bit differently and say – I think that a lot of teams, not just the Packers, need to follow what the Buccaneers did with if a guy who's like a former top pick is released or is out there for cheap, go fucking sign him. Like uh, Malik Hooker, it, they don't really need a secondary guy, but you could put Malik Hooker in the role of like Raven Green, and I think he'd be awesome. And he was, I think, a first-round pick. He was definitely a second-round pick. That's the type of thing that the Packers could do. Now, Packers fans will be like, well, why do we need a guy like that? And it's like, well, look, this is kind of strong safety linebacker hybrid thing. Now, I don't know if Joe Barry is going to do it just like Mike Patton, but it was a really integral part of what the Packers wanted to do. And, yeah, like last year, and we said this last offseason, and we're going to say it again, you are going to hope that your second-year guys take a step up. And if they take a step up, they can be really good. It's going to be – can Chris Barnes do it? Can, can Kamal Martin? Can A.J. Dillon? What's Josiah DeGura going to look like? I think Josiah is actually going to have a real role in this team next year. So I, I just can't deal with this like, hey, the Packers need to, need to spend money for everybody. It's just impossible. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. It's tough. Yeah, it sucks. Look, it's not fun. And maybe that's a podcast in itself. Like it's not fun to be an NFL fan sometimes because it's just how it, and there's a little bit of that with the Bucks too and the Brewers. Like with the with the Bucks, it's like, yeah, PJ Tucker'd be great, but who the fuck are we gonna trade for him? We don't have <laughs> yeah, anything, know. you know. And for the Brewers, like, yeah, Jose Ramirez would be awesome at third base. Do we want to trade Kesson here? Do you want to trade Josh Hader? I don't think so. So, like, I guess I'll end this topic with just this, is, like, you got to understand that not everything is going to work out the way you want it. And you got to make peace with it. I talked about it a little bit yesterday. Just make peace with that some things are not going to go your way and I'm, I'm telling you it'll be okay and you can look forward to next season but we'll see i like it chuck chuck ending it on a on a philosophical note yeah you know i thought i'd, I'd bring some philosophy in as you and i are going to tear it up this weekend at murph's 30th birthday party shout out to him happy birthday to our rotating co-host our once every quarter co-host um might might be doing some draft stuff with Murph though um, before uh, for draft season, kind of a prelude to his draft guide here. So stay tuned for maybe that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's this wiffle ball game is going to be something, and uh, we've already lost one guy to the to the Coco, 
a preliminary uh, uh, um, withdrawal, but uh, so we're out. gonna do it safe and uh, yep. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to mashing a couple ding dongs. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, I mean, I don't know about what I'm looking forward to more. Am I looking forward to the wiffle ball or am I looking forward to just day drinking? I haven't day drank in such a long time. Now, granted, it's like, Charlie, you're 32. Um, you should grow up. And, and I will tell you, age is just a construct, my friends. But yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to getting after it. Um, yeah, obviously we'll be safe. I think the, the state kind of prevents you from not being safe. What's going to be the real kick in the nuts, Mitch, is I think we're going to get the bar band lit, like the sitting down at a bar. I think it's going to get lifted next week. It'd be really great if Mayor Barrett decided to, like, I don't know if Mayor has submitted some paperwork to say, like, hey, Tommy, can we, you know, loosen this a little bit? But um, it's going to happen, like, a week after, and it's just going to be Murphy's Law, which is... A- I mean... In Murphy's Law, no pun yeah, intended. I know, I know. but uh, but <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. But uh, yeah, I mean, Murph, Murph might he might he probably thinks he has that type of sway around here. We'll yeah. uh, we'll put that to the test, though. Oh God, it's Mur- Carrie and Murph. We're gonna end up having to carry Murph like they carried Byron Leftwich down the field by about nine o'clock. <laughs> Hopping with one leg. <laughs> Just carrying his just his limp body. <laughs> oh, have to watch man. that now. Uh, well, folks, if you do see us out on, if you are going out these days, I don't know if anyone is, but if you are, we'll be out. Say hi. We'll uh, tell me what you want for a prize for Snowtap Madness. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I, I think I have some ideas cooking, but you know. Not not cheap. Uh, you gotta you gotta you know grease the goose a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't even know Absolutely. if it's a, it's a phrase. All right, we gotta go. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself <laughs> an awesome day, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the Friday daily tap. Thanks for the box for playing at eight thirty. Really like doing daily taps at eleven. Super great. All yeah. right, see you. Bye. It's great.